0: I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, if you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of August 2023, and we are in the midst of, I guess, what we're calling Extreme Action August, perhaps? Uh, but more importantly, uh, you may have noticed, uh, the episode began with Not not My Voice, uh, there is indeed another person at the other end of this conversation, Kyle. How the hell have you been? It has been way too fucking long. What's with the boner? Yeah, uh,
1: it, it's, it's been
0: a long <laughs> hey, time, dude. <laughs> way to call me out live on the mic. Fuck. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, dude, uh, it's nice to be back. Uh, I've just been watching movies and not talking about them with people, so it's been it's been kind of shitty. And I haven't really been watching any new movies, so I was like, oh, this is nice. I get to watch a new movie this week uh, that I've never seen. Well, it's not a new movie. It's a movie I've never seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, actually, this was one that I hadn't seen before as well. Um, but long story short, really, really happy to have you back, Kyle. Um, Kyle's been doing a lot of real-life stuff, uh, which is why I've kind of been uh, doing the show solo and and with other guests in the interim. Um, but hopefully, like Kyle stick around for as long as you can. Uh, going forward, um, but yeah, to dispel the mystery uh, as to what this film that neither he nor I had seen uh, for the first time, uh, we're going to be talking about The River Wild uh, from 1994, uh, directed by Curtis Hanson. Um, now, Kyle, did you know about this film going in, or is this completely new to you?
1: So there's this funny tweet that's been kind of going around for, or tw- yeah, something from Twitter. It's just like, our generation grew up with just random VHS tapes, and it's like, like eighties and nineties kids, you just had these random movies recorded off TV that you'll watch a thousand times. Like She Devil is one for me. It's like no one's seen that movie. I've seen it thirty fucking times. Uh, this was one of those movies that was recorded on tape, and I remember seeing it like just like it was like before or after another movie that I wanted to watch, and I never it just never came up like we never watched this. So uh, it was there, but I just never got around to it.
0: Yeah, in our household, I think that was the I think that was the Crow uh, for me. Hmm. Uh, we we had a bootleg VHS of the Crow that I'm pretty sure my dad recorded off like a free HBO weekend or something on VHS, oh, yeah. and he even took the care to like draw the Crow symbol in Sharpie <laughs> on the, like on the title, like That's on on cool. the piece of paper on the yeah. spine of the of of the tape. I'll never forget that. But for some reason, The Crow, maybe because of that symbol, was like the spooky tape. Um, In actuality, if memory serves, it wasn't a spooky tape. It was a busted tape. Um, Because if if memory serves, there was an attempt to watch that. Maybe like super late at night when the parents weren't awake or something. And I'm pretty sure it was just degraded to the point that you couldn't watch it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, The the Crow kind of occupied that space in my household growing up. Where it's like it was always there, always aware of it. Never watched it though, Um, although as an adult I definitely got around to it, just not not on tape.
1: Yeah, so this movie uh, stars Meryl Streep, uh, Kevin Bacon bits, uh, (laughs) uh, John C. Riley. I don't know how active he was at this time, but like, uh, yeah, this is one of the earliest things I think I've seen him in, um, 1994.
0: Yeah, actually, this probably is one of the earliest for me um he like in looking at his filmography he was very much a working actor by then it's just the the particular roles he was in i couldn't place him like actually i'm kind of shocked his first credit kyle mm. above the law thug in bar so he may have been he may have tussled with one steven seagal uh, to begin his career in cinema
1: <laughs> Well, if you look at that mug, you can totally see, like, he's he's also kind of a big dude. So I'm like, yeah, that, that'll work. That, that checks out. He might have been a, a, a brawler-looking guy.
0: Yeah, Steven Seagal probably, like, went out of his way to thump him extra hard just because of his height or something. Where he's like, he's almost as big as me. I gotta fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get paid to fuck him up. And he has to get paid less than me. That's the only way this works. Yeah. Uh, in my first film. <laughs> But in between that, uh, he has Casualties of War, which is a big fucking movie. That's a Vietnam War movie. Um, Days of Thunder, he worked with one Tom Cruise. I haven't seen that one. That's a Tony Scott movie, you know, follow-up to Top Gun, basically, reuniting Cruise and Tony Scott that has a good reputation. It's just, I'm sorry, not a big... I think it's a stock car movie i'm just not a huge fan of the subject matter although tony scott these days is like beloved by the internet and and film critics these days like his reputation has grown like since his passing um so i would actually like to check that out but i don't know how big john c riley's uh role in it was but yeah point is this was very early days for him
1: gotcha yeah, uh, David Stray Theron is the other big one. And then uh, Tim from Jurassic Park. I don't know what that actor's name is. Joseph
0: Mazzello, whose
1: uh, <laughs>
0: nose outpaced the rest of his face uh, as he became an adult. <laughs> when you see him in, uh, was it, the Pacific? It's like, ah, what happened to Star Kid? That's <laughs> oh, right, he was Star Kid. I forgot about Star Kid. He was Star Kid, <laughs> that's right. And uh, fun trivia factoid, um, apparently Sam Neill. Uh, was approached to play David Strathairn's character in this film, the father, the father, the father. And I'm just picturing Sam Neill on the phone, just be like, "No, fuck that kid." No. <laughs> Click I'm not hanging
1: out. With I'm that not hanging again. out with Tim yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. They would have had to make like some kind of joke about something, like make like a fossil or like say something. Oh, is this a fossil? Like, no. Like,
0: yeah let me tell you about this guy named backer it's like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: he would have been reading he would have been reading a really thick book but with that that uh that guy's name yeah for sure that would have been, oh my god <laughs> would have been a good gag i would have got, I would have got i'm just, just
0: picturing sam neill in a fucking raft with his arms folded just looking miserable <laughs> with his kids like relentlessly bothering him about dinosaur shit <laughs>
1: yeah um, different movie
0: perhaps better movie different movie though
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so this movie I guess is about a family a family trip that goes wrong basically they're going uh, they're going rafting down a uh, uh, yeah they're doing some uh, some white water rafting I guess is what it is and uh, end up meeting a couple of colorful characters that kind of tag along for the ride and uh, it is a it is a long trek down this uh, down this river with these people. Um, I was kind of surprised. This movie starts off, like, we get on the water, like, I think within, like, six minutes. And it's, like, almost two hours. This is almost a two-hour-long movie.
0: Yeah, this movie, in its early stages, moves at a slasher movie pace. Mm -hmm. Where it's, like, we see water from frame one. Uh, We're on the titular River Wild within ten minutes, I believe. And then within another ten minutes, I think we're... Uh, kind of teasing out the the potential dangers of the trip, so it's it's a very well paced movie in its early stages, especially. I mean, I I spoiler alert, uh, both Kyle and I pretty much enjoyed this movie. Like I yeah. think it's a pretty solid movie, um, but the pacing uh, and the vibe of it uh, carries quite a lot of it for me. It's like mm-hmm. you never get bored, and the intensity of the performances is calibrated to the point of being not melodramatic but intense, and it, it really it really flows nicely, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I guess before we start, uh, before we start on the movie, uh, I wanted to talk about the score uh, of this film because uh, this is I, I didn't I wasn't a super uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but as soon as the as soon as the score kicks in in the beginning of this movie, it's like oh this is a '90s movie like are you it's one of the most '90s sounding scores I've ever heard, uh, and. <laughs> We were talking about this before we start recording. Like it's it's here the entire time. It does not go away. The score is here the entire movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the party. It's the party goer that just won't leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody else is cleaned up and cleared out, and it's like just, Jerry. Jerry, you gotta go, man. <laughs> it's like it's three a.m. I got I got stuff to do in the morning. <laughs> I gotta go.
1: Uh, but I, I I pulled a an audio clip from a different movie, and I wanted to play a game with you today to see if you could guess what movie this is from. I'm gonna give you two guesses. And let's oh see, no! Let's see if you can do this. Are you ready? It's only an eight second clip. So okay. Are you ready? I think so. All right.
0: Gladiator. Damn it. I mean you picked like the most iconic
1: part of the score. Well it's it was (laughs) if you
0: picked like one of the quieter moments, like the flutey parts and shit, like the commodus stuff, maybe it would have tripped me up. But when it's it's the fucking the gladiator theme, Jesus. The so the thing you watched college football, Kyle?
1: (laughs) So it was supposed to trick you because it's almost identical to the Pirates of the Caribbean score. Which is what I was trying to trick you with.
0: Oh, oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Clever but I girl. should. I you, <laughs>
1: but I should have guessed that like, he's seen Gladiator more than he's seen Pirates of the Caribbean, if you've even seen any of those. But I was like, it, even if you haven't seen them, you should know the score. Like you should know. You no, know,
0: I actually had a really fun time uh, going through the pirates theme with the girlfriend one night, where I was I was demonstrating to her that this piece of music was not finished by the time they made that first movie. It took a few swings for them to actually complete that that theme. By the time you get to like the third one, that's what I think it's actually supposed to be, but the first rendition of it, it's like huh, they ran out of ideas. <laughs> it's like, they like, did huh, because there's it's a little
1: bit of recycling going on here. <laughs> a little bit. I'm like that's identical. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's it's very close. <laughs> Dude, it's it's under pressure and ice, ice baby, guys. It's it's the same thing. No, but there's a little ting in there, you see.
0: Ding 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 ding
1: Yeah, I guess the so I since you uh I guess want to kind of talk about where everybody was in their careers because I think Meryl Streep and Bacon Bits are worth talking about at the beginning of this because one. With Meryl Streep, I sent you a clip. If folks, if you have you should definitely check out uh, clips from the Graham Norton show. I'm not a huge celebrity talk show guy. I just, I'm not into that kind of stuff. But Graham Norton show has always been good. He, uh, he, he has, he does a good job interviewing guests. But apparently, when uh, Meryl Streep was, uh, when she turned 40, I guess she had gotten three offers to play witches. <laughs> so she was like, Hollywood's just like, you're over the hill. You're not getting those roles anymore. Um, and she has a, has a cute moment with Mark Ruffalo uh, who, uh, who swoops in there but uh, she did this movie when she was 44 so basically Hollywood had said you're over the hill and uh, you're and this was, I don't know if this was out of her wheelhouse if she had done anything else like this before uh, but we will say here at the top uh, she is gorgeous <laughs> still, <laughs> still <laughs> 44 in this movie so they're <laughs> dumb for- <laughs> make her a witch are you kidding me Jesus. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, the, the constant thread through like a woman's journey through Hollywood is usually the joke is it's like a past 30 that, you know, good luck finding roles that aren't a crone or something. (laughs) (laughs) But um, maybe this was like a little bit of a, a, a statement on her part where it's like, I'm going to take this very physically demanding, very, stern role like this actually a very multi-dimensional role in a lot of ways she very covers much. a lot of emotional ground with this with this performance but maybe that was kind of a like a put the foot down moment where it's like hey yo uh, i can i'm very capable like it, my age isn't really important uh, at this stage in my career and continues to not be terribly important honestly because she's one of Hollywood's most beloved actresses continues to be. I think she's <laughs> one n- of the most decorated as
1: well. I think she's numero uno. Uh, <laughs> I think she's, she's honestly, she, yeah. <laughs> in terms of accolades, yes. Yeah. Um, she does have a, a, a fantastic delivery of "I'm going to kill you, Wade." <laughs> it's so good. Uh, her threat. I, I like the.
0: Her. I like the doubling up on it. It's like just to remind you. I just I'm, said that, and I meant it. I'm going to kill you. Um,
1: I'm going to kill you, Wade. i like, oh, she's, she's going to enjoy this. Um, we need, I, we need to do more Kevin Bacon movies. Uh, but I gonna talk about him, like where he was in his career, because he's about to go on a run of just being an absolute scumbag. After this, he gets worse from here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like he had foot loose, he had tremors, and then the rest of it—it's—it's it's all douchebags.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, he—he's in like uh, JFK and a few good. I forget he's in a few Good Men um, as a tool. Like,
0: like he's not a bad guy, but he is the opposition in that yeah. film.
1: Um, and he does he does Apollo thirteen and then he is a child rapist in uh, Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like my gosh. And and Kevin Bacon's
0: magnificent performance as a child rapist. I mean uh, let's
1: let's get down to brass tacks here. Like that's exactly what he is in that movie. And then whatever he he's did, so, he did it well. <laughs> dude, that is one of the top five best death scenes is him just getting just Ripped to pieces by Billy Crudup with those guns in the bar. It's great. Spoiler alert: mm-hmm. He dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then obviously Hollow Man in 2000. But I think after that, maybe the, he's like, I don't want to be that bad of a guy anymore. But yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> I think um, I, th- I think his best like being a real bad guy is in White uh, White Water Summer which was 1987. I was talking to you about it before we got on here, but I strongly recommend watching that movie, folks. Uh, he is uh, a real piece of shit in that movie. But there's no threat of uh, sexual violence, which is... Uh, I can't say that for he- for this movie, because <laughs> there's definitely some some, le- some some lingering looks that makes you think that could be on the table. Yeah.
0: No, I, I haven't seen Whitewater Summer. Like, if I'm being honest, I don't think I've ever seen like young Sean Aston in anything. I know he had a career prior to the Lord of the Rings films, but mm-hmm. just just I don't know. Like ma- ma- <coughs> Kyle did air quotes just now by the way. <laughs> um but I thought that was fascinating that like on like the equivalent of like the IMDb trivia it popped up that's like by the way, he has done basically this role in basically this context in an earlier film. It's like, "Huh, that's a weird form of typecasting but hey it worked out because he's really really good in this
1: film well the difference is in that movie uh he can fucking swim <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was questionable it's like so you, you didn't think this through did you sir <laughs> not very not very smart they're not very smart criminals spoiler alert. i mean <laughs>
0: to be fair that is a little bit of a running thread through through their characterizations is that neither of these guys are all that bright no none of them
1: <laughs> um yeah do you, is there anything else you want to mention here at the top before we uh, jump into the movie proper
0: uh i mean just for a second like i don't have a whole lot to say but just to point out chris curtis hansen mm-hmm. uh, our director uh, just to say a little something about the fellow who made the film, Uh, not super well known to me, Uh, has a filmography as a director anyway, dating back to the seventies. And of the films that he has made, uh, I don't know if I've, I think the only one that I have seen is eight mile, uh, if I'm being honest, but um, I will point out that he also directed LA confidential, uh, which is by all rights, supposed to be an excellent film. Uh, with a not-so-great person in it in the form of Kevin Spacey. Um, that happens. Uh, and uh, Wonder Boys I've heard good things about as well. Uh, so a pretty accomplished director just happens to have made a lot of stuff that uh, I'm not super familiar with. Um, but yeah, a very capable director with a very, very capable cast uh, at his command.
1: Yeah, dude, Sean Astin is in a lot of stuff. My God. Uh didn't really realize that not not a whole but not a whole lot before lord of the rings but definitely some stuff before lord of the rings but he's been in a ton
0: just to pause for one second this isn't going to turn into a big tangent but i just would like to point out to you kyle that i don't know the title perhaps if you're looking at his filmography right now you can track it down just based on what i tell you about the movie Mm -hmm. i remember seeing a poster for a movie that is basically like on the subject of uh, extreme action August. Uh, that is action thrillers that take place in extreme circumstances or locations or environmental hazards and whatnot. It's basically Die Hard uh, at a ski resort. And it's Sean Astin versus a, uh, a bald Bruce Campbell as the villain. And I believe he's supposed to be like uh, on chemotherapy or something. That's why he's bald in the film. This uh, movie exists, Kyle, and we have not seen it, nor have we talked about it.
1: How long ago was this? I believe
0: it was the 90s.
1: Okay. Let's narrow it down. Yeah, look into it. Uh, look into <laughs> it. Yeah, no, you have my attention. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. What else What else do I have to say? Did man? you hear me say <laughs> Bruce Campbell bald? <laughs> As a bad guy versus a hobbit? <laughs> Versus a Hobbit? <laughs> ah man, I, I don't know. I'm not seeing it on here, but uh, I will I will research this later for sure. Well, I'm oh, gonna... oh no no Icebreaker. It's Icebreaker. Icebreaker.
0: Icebreaker. I mean, oh, come on! I'm
1: the title. Icebreaker. Jesus. <laughs> Oof! This is got yeah, a three point five. Damn. That is damn. a Will Smith. Damn, uh, damn. Yeah, yeah Sean Astin, uh, uh Bruce Campbell, and one of my favorites, Stacy Keach. Oh, sweet! Yeah. I love Stacy Keach. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty great. Um, yeah, dude, <laughs> this looks awesome.
0: Came out in the year 2000. Wow, that, that was like a year before Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, yes, yes. Wow! Yeah, we we gotta watch that, Kyle. Like, if, if we run out of ideas this month, I know it's gonna suck. But I've, I I got to know. I yeah. gotta know what that is. I mean,
1: <laughs> ski resort. I mean, I feel like that's 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 right there. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I like full disclosure. I picked this movie, not even entirely sure if it was going to include an action scene, like a action scene uh thankfully it has it has some ac- it's not an action film it's an adventure thriller yeah um so it- it it gets there like in the last fifteen minutes I was like, is this gonna qualify is it gonna do-? it's like oh okay, we got there <laughs> just, <Yeah>. thank god
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah so this movie also does a really great job of uh i guess planting seeds what, what do you call we're just like it pays off it's just like we're gonna introduce this and it's gonna come back later.
0: Uh, plantings and payoffs or breadcrumbs, like laying breadcrumbs, like a, a a trail of breadcrumbs that lead you to some delightful payoff.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, and some of the themes, as we'll we'll kind of get talking about it, like there's a lot of '90s themes in here. I think you've got like a whole list of them, just ready to. Oh yeah, it's in the holster, ready to go. (laughs) I'll give a background of these folks. So we have Meryl Streep. I don't know what she does for a living, but she likes water and rowing, uh, which is how we're introduced to her as a character. But. Uh, they have uh, two kids. One is going to go on this trip with them, and uh, she's married to David Strait Theron, who is '90s '90s trope, an architect um, <laughs> who works too much, uh, basically, <laughs> and uh, is is not going to go on this family trip. You can kind of tell that she's at her wits' end. She has like a dramatic moment, just like your your son would like to see you. You know, your kids would like to see you, and uh, David Straight Theron is a nerd. Uh, he does a pretty good job in this movie. It, it's just like we this marriage is done. Like we're we're just about at the end of this.
0: Yeah, she he comes home and she's already like ninety percent down his throat uh, about their which is, issues. Which like, is
1: how you want to come home. This is how you want to end the week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know you want to come in. You know, good posture, butt clenched, just yeah.
1: just ready to throw down with your wife yeah. in the bad way. That's how I come home. Yeah. <laughs> every day every day <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a, uh, it's very tense but kyle i'd like to like point out uh, just i'm curious if you got this vibe because um i don't remember if it was a 90s film i don't think it was actually i think it was an 80s film but Aside from the river stuff, like when we see Meryl Streep rowing in Boston, lovely photography there, Mm -hmm. by the way. Um, The whole opening credits is watching her row. And uh, also we get introduced to uh, the score for the film that Kyle had pointed out is largely like ever present throughout the entire film. But I like this theme quite a lot better than the action cues in the movie. Um, this theme that introduces and closes the film, I think, is is a very sweet melody. It carries a lot of the proper emotionality, where it's like the majesty of being on the water. Like there's a peacefulness, but there's also like a grandeur to it, and then like a hint of danger, like when it goes into danger mode, it, it, the score gets kind of intrusive. If I'm being honest, um, but this part I really like. But um, to finish my thought here, um, when like the domestic scene. In their in their home, I was thinking a lot of fatal attraction. Remember Mm, that scene when Michael Douglas is with his family, and it's like the most cloyingly sweet, like manic energy. It's like shut the
1: fuck up, kids. (laughs) Dude, this is like Evil Dead Rise chaos in this house, where it's just like you have got to just (laughs) throttle down in here, dude. Like he's is he like blasting music and screaming, and she's like she's like shut up, like you have to. It's not as abrasive, but... It's like the but...
0: nightmare version of this. <laughs>
1: yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, in Evil Dead Fries, it's like, there's somebody literally DJing in one of the bedrooms.
0: <laughs> that is not okay
1: in an apartment complex, by the way. It's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. It's... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, they do a really good job of just setting it up real quickly. It's just like, yeah, this is... Yeah. Yeah, this is not looking good for the future, and he's basically having to bail out of the uh, out of the trip last minute.
0: Yes, he's too busy, uh, he's missed three birthdays in a row, uh, his, his wife is very, very
1: frustrated, and then hard cut to the river, basically. <laughs> also, he's in his 40s, and student loans weren't even that bad back then, dude. Like, you don't need this job. Like, <laughs> I get it, living in Boston is kind of expensive, but... You, you can find other work, dude. You, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and David Strathairn as Art Vandelay. <laughs> uh, yeah. She goes to see her parents. It's very important. So there, there's a lot of like setups here. It's like her father uh, is deaf. Uh, Meryl Streep's father is deaf. Uh, so she and the rest of the family can sign a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure how fluent they are, but they, they, they do pretty well. Uh, comes back yeah. later. Um, mm-hmm. but like just as they're like we're about to get on the river and I guess grandma and grandpa are going to keep the little girl and they're going to meet him down at the at, at the other end of the water or whatever it is but David Straight there just pops in after Meryl Streep's been like my marriage is over like this is like we're done like I think this is it and she kind of gives this look like uh, I was kind of just said I was just like I'm going to have the conversation when we came back like I kind of already made up my mind kind of deal
0: yeah, yeah, uh, you certainly get that vibe from his arrival where it's it's actually kind of appropriate where it's like it actually makes sense for the characters. That it's like it wouldn't be that like glorious moment where dad shows up. It's like not now, man. Like like it's yeah. like we're, this doesn't fix things. This actually just complicates things for for the moment anyway. Um but I would like to draw attention to the the my, my marriage is over scene. Mm-hmm. What the fuck <laughs> Fuck was that That felt like very political, like that felt very preachy, kind of out of nowhere. And that's where I need to pull up my list of 90s isms. Mm -hmm. Um, This is one of them, is the subject of divorce. Um having having lived through the decade of the 90s and 90s media, I can confirm divorce was the subject of countless films. Like like it was everywhere. Like I'm pretty sure like tons of sitcoms got into this territory as well. And What this whole scene?
1: Oh, sorry. Or it was just normalized. Like it was just like like the Santa Claus. It's just like this is a normal family now. Like we have you know divorced parents. We have a stepdad, and we have the kid. So yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Very weird examples, but like I do appreciate that. Like I don't know what the film's reputation is now, but for for what it's worth, I love Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh Um, I was raised on that film. I adore it. I don't. Again, I don't know how people regard it today uh, but at the time huge fucking deal um i do like that that movie ends with them not actually getting back together yeah uh, that seems appropriate given how <laughs> how busted that relationship is um and then terrible example but real steel uh, if you know that movie the hugh jackman boxing robot movie did um, you just say also-
1: hugh jackman boxing robot movie Yes, Trevor, I own it on Blu-ray. I own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I have it on
0: Blu-ray. I got it on 3D Blu-ray. I got it on 4K. It doesn't even exist in 4K, but I have I've it. got a guy. <laughs> I saw that shit in the theater with my brother. Oh, man. That's how you know he loves me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that movie also handles the subject pretty well, where it's like, these two people should not be together like they can certainly have joint custody over a child but they they can't be together and and thankfully that story for as goofy as it gets doesn't have them get back together again but yeah this this movie drops the divorce card real hard for it devotes an entire scene to it that feels like i don't know like a like a a pickup shot or something where it's like we need to insert a scene for the people of an older generation that might go see this movie that won't approve of the subject matter of the narrative between these characters? Or it's like, so... Mima's gonna tell you that we didn't do that back in the day. We stuck it out. It was like we took those beatings. Like we just
1: we just hung out together regardless of how bad it got. We to. just stayed miserable. Which, yeah. which was the style at the time. You, 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 you make a commitment to somebody, and you you got to stick through that. Well, not if they turn into a piece of shit. You don't have to. Like it's a it's a it's a good divorce is a good thing. Louis C.K. has a bit about divorce is he's like no good marriage ends in divorce like <laughs> it's only <laughs> marriages that are bad
0: yeah basically it's it's this kind of like by today's standards anyway. yeah at the time i'm sure it wasn't funky but it's just so funny how how easily meryl streep's character just acquiesces to this or like her mom just puts her foot down and says like in my day it wasn't an option you made a commitment you stuck with it and Meryl Streep's just like, oh, mom, you're so right. And it's like, oh, okay. And by the way, uh, I I don't know who she is. I don't know her name. Um, but I'm pretty sure her mother in this is the same uh, crazy old lady from Dante's Peak. She is. Um, that wouldn't get off the damn mountain. <laughs>
1: is it the lady who gets boiled?
0: That is one of the most spectacular deaths in cinema history. Uh, gra- grandma's uh, heroic stride through the poison lake. <laughs> Yeah, Good incredible riddance. I'm pretty sure it's the same lady uh, yeah. so yeah take that for what it's worth but yeah the <laughs> signing uh, is an important detail that uh, it's, it's one of those uh, plantings and payoff things where it's like why is this here it's like oh because we're actually going to use it later it's
1: like, honey maybe you know he'll show up out of nowhere and you'll both grow more him he'll grow not only as an individual but as a man and maybe you'll take him back after that who knows we'll see we'll see Uh, It's like, Grandma just keeps talking, keeps rambling. It's like, hey, I mean, maybe
0: he'll meet Kevin Bacon. I mean, everybody's separated by Six Degrees, right? Maybe he'll arrive on the trip, and maybe they'll have a fist fight. Maybe maybe. he'll even win that fist fight. Who knows?
1: Who knows? I mean, architects are known for their fisticuffs. (laughs) All I'm saying, honey, is give him another chance. Um, So I made sure, so I didn't I was like, River Wild, I've seen the front cover of this before. I'm like, I have no idea what this movie's about. I'm like, it's got Meryl Streep. I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be pretty good. And Bacon, Kevin Bacon, I'm like, I'm not even going to look up. I'm like, I'm not going to read any plot synopsis, anything about this movie. Uh, So when Kevin Bacon arrives, I'm just like, where's this going to go? Like, I don't understand where this movie is headed. Because he comes on really friendly. Like, he ends up, like, uh, talking to uh, Lex. Lex, It's Tim. Tim from Jurassic Park. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Tim's Tim's thing is he's like super into music. He's got like a Ministry hat, which is a terrible band at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and Kevin Bacon's wearing a Lollapalooza hat. I'm thinking Lollapalooza '92, '93. Uh, he's like,
0: that sounds right.
1: Yeah, James Addiction were there. They weren't broken up at that point. I'm like, damn, James Addiction broke up that soon. I'm like, all right, that didn't take very long. Um, but he seems like a nice guy, and he's like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, I'm over here with my mom. But he does ask the serial killer questions to to, uh, to Tim here. Like I've been listening to uh, Crime Junkie, and they're like, there's red flags for dudes to be asked. It's like, oh, so you hear here by yourself? Who are you with? And they're like, oh, it's my mom. And he's like, well, where's your dad? And it's like, mm, that's a little creepy.
0: Very, uh, very creepy. Um, and also, I like the detail of him uh, buying the first aid kits.
1: Yeah, um, yeah
0: yeah you know, the movie doesn't draw attention to it but it rewards it rewards you for paying attention like the, it's skillful filmmaking in mm-hmm. that way where it's like why does he need two med kits um by the way the lady that he purchases those med kits from pretty sure it's the big sister from uh, uh the wicker man the Nicolas cage version oh I uh, seen you know either. which one i'm talking about is
1: she's, a, she's a sturdy gal. She's <laughs> a sturdy say gal. <laughs> yeah, 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 I had to say... Germanic. Same. <laughs> oh, yeah, she looks like she pinched that dude's nose in Nine Glorious Bastards. Yeah, she, she's... Uh, old or hell, either way, her her name
0: ends with a ga. <laughs> Just say that much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he buys a couple of first aid kits, and as Kyle would point out, he he carries that Kevin Bacon energy where it's like he seems like he could be a cool cowboy dude, but it's like... The things that are coming out of his mouth, if you're paying attention, should put you on alert. Especially when he's checking out the kid's
1: mom's ass uh, immediately. Dude, she has got the most 90s mom jeans, but it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a very tall butt. It's a very tall butt. It's a very tall butt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and actually, it's kind of funny because the way it, the way it's framed from his perspective... Makes it seem like it should be like a, a, a quote sexy shot, but she looks so unglamorous, I I and know. she's like pumping air into a
1: fucking. Just she, like, <laughs> she doesn't look good in her street clothes, but when she gets into that athletic gear and she's headed down the river, yeah, she's she's looking good. <laughs> Um, it works. It yeah, works. But there's definitely some flirting going on, and she's receptive to it. You know, she's like, "I'm about to be a single lady. I got to start playing in the field." It's nice to know that good-looking dudes are out here checking me out, even with a kid. I mean, these are things that you want to be, you know, taking note of when you're about to end your long-term relationship. Yeah, um, <laughs> and she's super into it. And she's definitely kind of like, "This guy's kind of cute. All right, he's not so bad." Right, but fucking Rourke shows up. Is that his name? Jamie Straight there?
0: No, that's the kid's name. Oh, that's that was kid. really throwing me off because whenever I hear that name I think of what is it, like Sin City or whatever. Um, um it's not it's not a name you hear very often. Uh it's very unusual, at least at least in the places I've lived. But yeah, the kid's name is Rourke. And the dad's name is Tom. 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 And yeah. Dad shows up and he surprises everybody. Um and by the way, he brought his work with him. Yes, he um, did. I was expecting there to be a scene where like he, his papers get wet and he doesn't care or something like typical nineties shit where it's like it's symbolic of like his priorities changing over the course of the trip. I mean, there, there is plenty of that, but we do have a couple of scenes devoted to him still working while they're going down the river. But yeah, he shows up and like, as Kyle had pointed out a while ago, Meryl Streep's energy upon his arrival is kind of like, Oh, like that. I mean, good, but like, i don't know if now is the time bud
1: (laughs) and so we should also mention that she is uh she used to be a guide she used to be a rafting guide so she's very capable she very much knows what she's doing and she's in charge of this like she's like uh uh tim you need to put your little helmet on because it's going to be getting rough up here she's like honey we're about to go down these rapids you don't want to be sitting up there he's like well if i sit down i won't be able to see anything she's like all right and he gets launched out of the boat almost immediately. It's a good chuckle. Yeah. Like He kind of gets... It's just like, she's in charge here, dude. She knows what she's talking about.
0: You yeah, listen. I didn't take notes on the subject, but I would like to point out that uh, uh, White Collar Dad versus uh, Blue Collar World or, or Nature was mm. very much a thing in the 90s as well. Like Like, White Collar Dad thrown into the deep end and miraculously figures it out. Was very much a common thing where it's like, again, I want to. I I talked about this in a uh, terminal velocity when I talked to like did a solo review of that movie. I feel like the we were in the backlash era of the Arnold Schwarzenegger era of action movies where it's like, we're no longer looking to Herculean supermen Superman to to headline our action blockbusters. We're looking for more plucky and relatable like everyman kind of characters like probably in the in the wake of the John McClane era uh-huh. of action cinema. And, and to a lesser extent, I guess, like Martin Riggs. Um, and this, this I want to say, is kind of like touching on a very common thing that was apparent in the 90s. So long story short, David Strithairn's character in this becomes, he becomes a, a, like a dude dude by the end of this, even though he starts out completely a fish out of water um, mm-hmm. at the beginning.
1: Yeah, very much. Um, yeah, he's literally a fish out of water. Um,
0: I didn't yeah. intend to do that, Kyle. But yeah, you you gotta point it out.
1: <laughs> uh, another thing, like about with with all these actors is that a lot of them had to do their own stunts. Like there there's you can probably count on one hand how many times you see somebody else in the shots because it's very clearly like oh that's not them. It, most other times like oh that's them doing this and it it all looks really good. Like it all it all comes together really well. Um, this was filmed mostly in Montana and Oregon and it, it does look really nice. Like this movie shot really well as, um, I, I noticed, um, yeah. So, uh, (laughs) so during this time, like we're going down the river, like the two parties. So we've got, oh, we've got John C. Riley is the other, the other partner. And then there's just some third dude who I still don't understand who this dude's supposed to be
0: so i i was a little confused as well because they talk about him as if he was also a a a river guide Mm -hmm. um but there's also mention of him being in on the spoil or uh, bank heist or the the cattle auction heist um these guys are carrying a lot of money and they're trying to escape the authorities by riding down the river instead of trying to border cross um that's the story uh but there's a third guy with them so it's kevin bacon's the leader john c Riley is I mean, of course, he's he's second banana. That's his yeah. job. Like, like he's so good at being the support guy. Um, <laughs> be it Dirk Diggler or uh, Ricky Bobby, he's always he's number two, but he's the best number two there's ever been. He's a
1: good number two, and I'd say he's he's equal build with uh, Will Ferrell and Step Brothers. I don't think he's number two there, but. No, absolutely not. Uh, But he is a great number one in Walk Hard. That movie is fucking hilarious. He is fantastic.
0: I think about that movie very regularly, and I've only
1: seen it once. That says quite a lot. Yeah, I've seen it several times, but yeah, it, it's fantastic. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I, just, I was just watching.
0: Tim Meadows in that movie for some
1: reason. <laughs> dude, we were—I was just talking about him with some friends. We're like, "Dude, Tim Meadows pops up. He never does a funny voice. He never does a weird character. He just has that Tim Meadows voice, and he's always funny. Everything he pops up in, love him. <laughs> he plays a cannibal. He plays a cannibal in Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's fucking brilliant."
0: I didn't know that, but <laughs> yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about that show. Yeah, um, but
1: yeah, bad. among the among, among the
0: bad guys, they have their own raft. So we have the family raft and we have the bad guy raft. And we don't know they're bad guys yet. The movie teases it out for a very long time that we're suspicious of them, but we actually don't know what their deal is for a long time. And I actually appreciated that, mm-hmm. that they don't play their hand until they absolutely have to. Um, but they do tease it out that it's like, this is going somewhere but i don't know how bad it's gonna get and it it does get pretty hairy but um there's a third guy in the raft that we never actually get a conversation with him so we never really learn much of anything about him but if you notice he is like supine most of the times we see him like he's not rowing. like he looks injured like he's clutching his side half the time we see him which is presumably where those first aid kits went um, but I'm not entirely certain if he was like a river guide that they recruited specifically for that or if he was kidnapped or if he was in on it from the beginning. I'm I'm not entirely sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's never we're we're never really it's never made clear. Um but yeah, but so now that uh uh Tom is on the trip, Kevin Bacon's like, Who's this guy? And he's kinda of big dicking him, uh, for a bit. Uh like like, oh, like, I forget what he says to him uh, when they're on the raft, but it's very, like, she kind of laughs at it, like, oh, oh, you bacon bits, that's so funny, but <laughs> Tom's like, that was emasculating, whatever he just said. Like, it was not okay.
0: Yeah, so I mentioned the theme of white-collar dad versus blue-collar, blue-collar world. That's essentially what this conflict is, is uh, the blue-collar character of Kevin Bacon
1: well, I uh, think we're, clashing. I think like. we're going into orange-collar at this point. <laughs> 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 I mean,
0: it is said that he he has been to jail. He has been to prison. Yeah. <laughs> he's comfortable in there, actually. Um, he's okay with it, is how John C. Riley puts it. But um, in addition to that, I'd like to introduce another '90sism um, that I don't know where this comes from. It's probably similar to the divorce thing. Um, and actually, I just thought of another example while we were talking, Kyle. Uh, so I have written down. Uh, this is the. Surrogate father, or like attempt at like a replacement father figure. Yeah, please um,
1: go through your your other examples. Uh, you have one I really so, like.
0: So, <laughs> so, so Hook was the first one that came to mind. Yes, wherein yeah. Captain Hook is trying to cr- little white kids with baseball caps. Uh, they had all sorts of dad energy being thrown at them in the nineties. Like a lot of a lot of a lot of people wanted to become dads to white kids with baseball caps in the nineties. So mm. Captain Hook is trying to corrupt Peter Pan's son and basically become his new new dad um and the one that makes kyle snicker is cape fear because this is not a father figure scenario but this is an instance of an adult male character trying to pull a child away from her family yes um and in fact this movie the river wild did make me think of cape fear quite a lot Mm. um just because of the the energy projected by the kevin bacon character Um, And there's one quirk. The whole reason I'm going off into this tangent right now is because of a quirk in his character that I found very similar to Cape Fear. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire also has this this theme running through it where the Pierce Brosnan character is nothing but nice. He's the best guy in the world. He is. He can eat a fucking lime in the back of the head and not even flinch. He's a tough guy. (laughs) Um, He's really bad at handling spice. And by the way, Kyle, what kind of a madman orders jambalaya without pepper it's impossible just what the f- why would you do why would you ever have jambalaya in your life why would you how would you even know what jambalaya tastes like it's like getting it if you like, had to do to- that
1: every time <laughs> it's impossible it can't be it literally can't be done like you can't. It cannot jambalaya. be done
0: dude that is not jambalaya i'm sir. allergic <laughs>
1: it's like i'm allergic to pasta let's go to an italian restaurant like you're gonna die it, it, yeah. <laughs>
0: Exactly. you're gonna die you're, you're gonna, gonna die. inhale the fumes in this place and you're gonna die Listen, I'm you're a, dog meat pal <laughs> i'm allergic to
1: pasta lemon garlic parmesan cheese and mozzarella oh and uh tomato sauce uh, let's go to an italian restaurant yeah I, i'm yeah, sure I it finds find something on the menu
0: it, it's one of those things where it's like the waiter like if they were competent if they were if they were doing their due diligence they would hear this man's accent and they'd be like sir i'm gonna level with you it's like based on your accent, I'm, I'm going to assume you're not familiar with the American South, the cuisine <laughs> of the American South. It's like, do you know how dumb <laughs> the <laughs> sentence you just uttered is,
1: sir? With all due respect, the it's the dumbest are thing I've ever talking? heard.
0: Exactly. So like everyone in this room is now dumber. <laughs> I'm not bringing you jambalaya. I refuse. <laughs> Order something else.
1: How dumb are you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, how that, exactly that's what a good waiter would do. That, what the I don't care if you're James Bond or Remington Steele. <laughs> like, I'm not bringing that to you. Just
1: unbutton your shirt a little bit and you need to leave. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah just just show us your hairy pecs for one second. Just real quick and then Thank leave. Thank you. <laughs> just real quick. That's my 20% gratuity. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but the the other example uh, that popped into my head as I was rambling just now is liar liar the claw mm, yeah. uh, carrie Elwes in liar liar he's he's also trying his best to be like the new
1: dad figure that dude is a serial murderer like <laughs>
0: uh, yeah the the claw is one of the single most cringy things i've seen in a film i'm not he, gonna lie i mean it's beautifully executed by carrie Elwes. he really committed to it but my god it makes my butt clench just watching it i
1: don't know if it exists i hope it does but if not, it was a real missed opportunity. He does play I think a serial killer in like that Fact or Fiction show from. Uh, it was around. It was I, I don't know if it was the Fact or Fiction show, but it was around that time uh, when that when that show was on. But he plays a serial killer in there. I'm like I like '90s Carrie Elways uh, playing a serial killer like that. I would I would get on board with that because he could definitely bring some creepiness.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious. I mean, I don't think he has the same numbers and consistency as Kevin Bacon, but especially post-Saw, uh, he's he's played a lot of slimy characters in his nice. career. And I mean, Twister counts as well. He plays a douchebag in that with a yeah. questionable accent. Yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so stick around. Yeah. <laughs> stick around. Stick around. Fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>
0: um, but anyway, the, the quirk in uh, Kevin Bacon's character in here that I thought was really cutting and like really worked for his characters the repetition of the names mm-hmm. he, he says everybody's name all the time and, and in particular it feels very confrontational when he's talking to tom mm-hmm. and, and it's very intentional like he, he's flicking him in the nuts every time he every time he finds an excuse to talk to him it's a challenge of some sort and he keeps starting every sentence. Hey, Tom. And it's like, hey, Tom. Yeah. I'm not your buddy. And it's like, I'm not your friend. I just met you. In fact, I didn't. I never wanted to meet you. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. Uh, I did not want to meet him at all. Um, hey, Tom. <laughs> hey, Tom. <laughs> Uh, hey paul hey paul <laughs> um yes yeah, so it so at first meryl streep is just like oh he's just being playful he's being flirty but you i and david straight there know that there's something off about this guy and i'm sure you've had this before too where it's like you've got a you got a nose for somebody you're like there's something off about this person i'm not sure what it is but kevin bacon is so good at that in this movie but like I don't know why this happens, but the the raft ends up, um, so did they They lose their buddy, uh, so they end up like down the river a little bit, and they're like, hey, yeah, we lost our buddy, he's, oh, he went over this way, or something like that, which is really fishy, so you're like, okay, now, something is definitely going on, and then we get, like, a, the the dog is like, ran off, they brought the dog with them, by the way, cute Maggie, great love dog. this dog, love this dog, great dog, um, but Maggie's, like, gone, and then... Uh, like well let's go get him let's go let's go get him real quick Tom goes to get the dog and then Kevin bacon just gives like a little like nod over to uh to John C Riley and he's just like hey um you and I are both not like okay so there's definitely something amiss here dog's like scratching at something you and I are probably in the same boat it's like they buried their buddy back there um yeah yeah but now we're gonna like join forces basically it's like David's straight there and like I just i'm not not super sold on this, and Meryl Streep's like, well, I think it'll be fine. It'll be okay. Um, and they end up, their raft ends up, uh, something happens with the raft because they're not good at, at rafting, basically.
0: Yeah, I like the way they handled the, the missing partner, uh, because we, the audience, are never, we never actually see a body. Mm-hmm. But the movie teases it out to the point that it's like, we we know what happened, but none of, none of the characters have proof that it did. So, they they have to continue on. But there's a lot of tension built around the dog potentially finding the body. We never actually see it. And there's a weird orchestra sting when John C. Riley appears behind him that feels very inappropriate because he I mean it's like he's John C. Riley and he's just kinda like dopey hanging out behind him and then there's like don't <laughs> moment. It's like, Oh, hi. <laughs> uh also like It's like uh it's like The Lost World when we hard cut to Jeff Goldblum yawning in the subway. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like, mm. Uh uh, also, John C. Riley's just like he's not dressed at all for this. Like he's just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt and smoking cigarettes the whole time. It's just like mm, I don't think this guy goes rafting.
0: Yeah, he he should have had his uh, his vest from Boogie Nights. <laughs> his open his open shirt his open shirt. I it's <laughs> like I,
1: I tried to find reasons not to watch that movie again, and you're just not helping. <laughs> You've brought it up twice this I, episode. <laughs>
0: I got the girlfriend on deck to see that eventually. Oh, um, she She's interested because we talk about it so often that she's like, I don't care what it's about. I don't care what it is. I, I just need to know. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes you do. You, you do. You do need to know. It's such a good movie. Chocolate love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, they they go down the river separately. Like yeah. they have two separate rafts, and I think the plan is because she's a guide, mm-hmm. and it's very important that she is she has expressed this to Kevin Bacon. Like she's told him that I used to be a guide. I I know my way down the river and stuff. Um, they use her as like a guidepost, basically. So she goes ahead of them. Her her family goes down a, a tricky portion of the river ahead of them, and then as Kyle had said. Uh, John C. Riley and Kevin Bacon follow, and they they botch it pretty bad. None they of them it. Get hurt or anything, yeah. But they, there is there is a serious botch there as they go down the tricky and, part.
1: And these two idiots are idiots. Uh, <laughs> one, you don't bury a body on a busy nature trail. Basically, like this is this is people are stopping. Very scenic. Very scenic. People are stopping. Going up over that hill, are probably going to go poop right where you buried that body. Like, that's exactly where you go. Um, also, they're like, we're going to go rafting um, on this river. And apparently, the gauntlet is at the end of this, at the end of this river where three, I guess three streams or three parts of the river converge all in the same area and it's like crazy dangerous. And, Kevin Bacon can't swim. <laughs> he does not know how to swim
0: yeah that's i think that's around this time that we learned that that they i think they both fall out of the raft and john c riley is is howling wait wade doesn't know how to swim and it's like excuse me excuse me
1: (laughs) how does that happen how do you not learn how to swim is it just uh is it muscle mass bone density or is it just like people who maybe live in uh like in cities where it's just like there's no public pool and nobody had and you live in an apartment complex where it's just you've never had the opportunity to go swimming
0: yeah i I don't have any judgment towards people but it is one of those things that's always fascinated me because i've i've known how to swim since birth basically yeah like like there's a story that i we went to the beach and as a baby i ran away from my mom into the ocean jesus
1: christ
0: (laughs) yeah um, yeah <laughs> like, no i I've, I've always had a good relationship with the water i'm very very comfortable in it yeah. but i i have people in my life that are not in fact i i helped a friend of mine learn how to swim is it all right and
1: it's, no it's
0: not right.
1: <laughs> you're like, like a type. his six foot ass and you're out there like yeah hey, no, no no keep splashing keep splashing buddy <laughs> Oh, by the way,
0: um, I believe it's this scene where David Strithern, uh saves Kevin Bacon. Yes. So the two guys who have an adversary relationship. What, what did you think of this rendition of, of saving a, a drowning person? It,
1: it was... It, I don't know how to describe it. I was going to ask you about it because I'm like, why, why does he punch him? So it's like... It, it kind of makes sense that somebody who's drowning, especially on a river, like, I mean, it's different than being in a pool. Like, it, it's a lot scarier when you're in, like, the ocean or a river with, a, like, a heavy current. Because that's real panic. Because it can be very difficult for somebody to, to help you. And so he's panicking. And it feels like he's he's not trying to hurt David Straight there and he's not trying to kill him. But the panic has taken over him, and he's putting David Strathairn's life into danger, basically, like because he's like pushing him, to, like trying to basically use him to get his head above water. Um, I think David Strathairn has to punch him in order. You can't. You, Mike Tyson maybe could get enough uh, enough <laughs> to, to actually get a killer blow underwater. Little David Strathairn, like it's he, not gonna happen.
0: I don't know this character, this Tom, this architect. Yeah, uh, he's got bricks for fists, man. (laughs) He he has bricks for fists. Like power, power (laughs) is sneaky. Like sometimes, sometimes it's just you just got it, and apparently he's got he's got a (laughs) bumper. There's this video.
1: There's this video of Mike Tyson. (laughs) I've got to send it to you. Of Mike Tyson teaching this young kid, this younger guy. Uh, how to how to box? He's like just showing him like a one two, and th- there's the trainer and he's just in front of the kid and Mike moves him out of the way and he's about to show him on this. Tra- this trainer's eyes just go <laughs> huge. <laughs> so <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm helping this like 15 year old kid, man. I'm not taking a hit from the champ. Like, I could die here today.
0: Yeah, it's like at least let me get my feet set, Jesus. <laughs> but somebody,
1: somebody, somebody coupled it with Pinky from Next Friday, going. Uh, he had me scared, but I held my own. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's a brilliant. Great. It's fucking brilliant. That's great. But yeah, dude, like you can't you can't swing like people no, do underwater. People, no. People shadow box under the water just like trying to maybe help with something. Yeah, I don't know. For a workout. Know. Yeah, a it's workout. Like to burn
0: calories and, and stretch your muscles, but not to knock a motherfucker out. Uh, yeah. but apparently this character has bricks for hands because yes. he lays Kevin Bacon out twice. Once underwater. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah the the sequence is it's a little difficult to read, but for the most part i th- i thought it was performed pretty well where it's like it's good yeah uh, ha- having having actually helped a person learn how to swim, I can tell you that if you don't have the confidence and the familiarity of the physics of being underwater that that behavior is that's kind of what it looks like is that's grabbing onto a physical thing that you can put pressure on and lean on or something is is, that's what you got because you don't know how to move in the water. Like you just don't have that familiarity. So yeah, it looks like he's intentionally trying to, to drown Tom, but in actuality, I think he's, I think he is just panicked. And so he has to, he has to bop him on the chin and then carry him to safety.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he like, he, he thanks him. He's like, Hey, you know, thanks for saving me. But he's just like, he's like giving him a handshake. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but he holds on to it and he's just like, I don't think you needed to punch me. And it's like I love that scene. Yeah. I love that bit. He's like, no, I did. You didn't <laughs> have to hit me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, I I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um and this is where David straight there and is like, we gotta get we've gotta ditch these dudes. Like there's this guy's fucking he's he's way off. Um and Meryl Streep's just like, uh maybe. I don't know. I'm still not I'm still not sold. So back to them being the dumbest criminals I've ever seen. Um, it's it's Tim's birthday, and I guess that's kind of what we're doing this trip. She's like, oh, I want to take Tim out on the rap like on the rapids. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be a nice bonding experience. as a fa- as us as a family. I'm also trying to indoctr like trying to indoctrinate this kid into you know liking this shit. Um, really <laughs> smooth move. Um, so they have a little birthday thing for him, like with a cake, and. Uh, Kevin Bacon's just like, uh, I'll be back and he comes back with like a log here, I got you a gift, and it's like just a a stick and he's like, Oh. It's a stick, but there's two hundred dollars in it. And it's like two hundred dollars in nineteen ninety four, like as a as a, like an eight or nine year old, however old this kid is, I'm like, That's some money, dude. That's some serious money. That's a super Nintendo. You yeah, you're knocking on the door for like PlayStation here in a few years, like you you save that money for something big <laughs> like a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah, do you know how many action figures I could buy with
1: $200? <laughs> I wouldn't give my friends $200 for their birthday, and I and I love them. They're great. <laughs> this is a kid they don't even know.
0: Yeah, and and of course this leads to a dispute where his dad pretty promptly is just like yeah, that's really nice, but he can't accept he can't that. Accept and that's the right call. It's it like, no, can't. that that's that is strange. Like that's just not done.
1: I call it the money gift power struggle. Yes, it it is a he's like, yeah, that's too much money. That's too much money to be giving a stranger for their birthday.
0: Yeah, and it's actually it's actually kind of cool that it it's it, it it seems like a small thing, but the parents' reaction to it is is correct, where it's like they're like that's when Meryl Streep's character starts to realize like there's something weird going on that he's he's pushing too hard. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that that was that was weird. And she I think she even uses that word. She's like, These guys are fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, um but then we get some real weirdness like two seconds later though.
1: Yeah, Meryl Stroop uh, Meryl Stroop's like, I gotta go take a shower and her uh naked uh body double jumps into the water. Um <laughs> <laughs> And she's uh, she's in the bathing, and it starts to rain. Also, this water's cold. Like I think you're good. You you you'll be fine. I get maybe like maybe like wash your hair, like splash some water on your face. Maybe even do just like a like the uh, the hobo the hobo sink shower where you're just basically just you know just patting the pits. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, at night she's getting into this river. She's getting into a river at night. Not happening. Never gonna do that.
0: That's gonna be real cold, and it's like I know you're planning on banging your husband like two seconds later, so maybe that'll warm you up. But like, that's gonna be frigid and awful for quite a while until you warm up.
1: Yeah, we went to the the, uh, it was like redwood forest uh, in southern Oregon, northern California, just right there. And it's the middle of fucking summer, hot as shit in Oregon, and like the water is—it was like this. It looked like this basically, and like we like, just stuck our foot in just to see—fucking freezing cold. Like absolutely not, yeah. not getting in there. Uh, no. But yeah, yes. But uh, she has an admirer uh, <laughs> in the rain. Mister Bacon Bits is just star- staring at her like a psychopath, watching her bathe.
0: So, f- folks at home, if you ever seen uh, Tommy Boy. Uh, you remember that bit with Tom, with David Spade in the hotel room? Yes. There you go. That's what this was. That's what this was. <laughs> nobody's watching, right? And I think this speaking is speaking where... of nobody's watching.
1: Yeah, Richard.
0: Richard. Dude, he really
1: does figure it out pretty quick. What he was doing, like. He's so quick, I mean he's probably done it too, yeah.
0: that's <laughs> exactly what he was it. coming
1: back to do. He was coming back to the room to do that.
0: Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the, you know where the weight room is. Yeah.
1: I'll he, check it out. He's like he should have been breathing really heavy- he should have had him breathing really heavy as he came in like as he was running to get up to the room. Oh my God, that would have completed the bit where he's like sweaty and <laughs> because he ran back. What were you doing? <laughs> Nothing what what were you doing? oh nothing (laughs) dude you've got an abc store uh t-shirt on i was just talking again i was just talking to some buddies i'm like abc stores in hawaii they have everything you can get chocolate covered macadamia nuts and a tommy bahama shirt one stop shopping dude (laughs) um yeah yeah now represent uh now this is where meryl streep's like we've we've got to ditch these guys there's something off these guys are not okay
2: yeah,
0: and this is this is where the family unit, which was so important in the '80s and '90s, we have to preserve the family unit, yes. the nuclear, the nuclear, nuclear fa- family, nuclear, family. <laughs> nuclear, the nuclear family. Well, it, it, <laughs> Dave- um, but uh, this is where they become united against an, yes. an opposing front in the form of these two sleaze bags.
1: Yes, um, and David is like we have to play this right. Like we we need to ditch them, but we can't let them know. Like we can't make it awkward. Like we don't know how bad these guys these guys are. We don't know what they're capable of. We need to just like act like everything is fine. Um, which they- yeah, this
0: is where it felt very Cape Fury, where it's like this is this is a lawyer. This is a person who is used to dealing with rules and regulations in civil in civilized society. You know, mm-hmm. it, it. You could out of context, this scene plays out like. Again, like people trying to excuse themselves from a party or something that they yeah. get a bad fight.
1: <laughs> it's like, how do we make them leave? <laughs> yeah, I've been to those parties before. You just leave. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just leave. You just that's leave. Well, uh, uh, sometimes I wasn't the one driving, and I was just stuck there. Um, that, I... that that is my Kyle. Just
0: to pause for one second. That is like my nightmare. Oh, is, is that that's that's why my butthole puckers for. For some of the situations I find myself in, it's like, oh, no, it's not up to me. <laughs> I have
1: I have been taken in the middle of the night to go buy weed in high school to people's houses I've never met, who I later learned are murderers, uh, sell heavier drugs, are not good people. Uh, yeah, that was... There's a fun. Tom Segura has a funny bit about. It. He's like, "Oh, you know how you just go to the store, young man, to buy weed?" He's like, "I almost got killed just to get weed in high school. I didn't almost get killed, but you deal with some really bad people." But yeah, yeah there, the I, SLC
0: Punk was secretly Kyle's biography.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was super stoned in a trailer, and it was getting very uncomfortable. I'm like, "We," I'm like, "Giving my friend, like, we have to go. All five of us that drove over here, we have to go." <laughs> But not all five of us are on that train. not all of us are on the leaving train. About three of us are. Like come on, you idiots! Um, Need to channel channel your uh, your hicks
0: from aliens and just grab somebody by the collar and yell,
2: forget him! He's gone!"
0: <laughs> we gotta
1: go. Um, yeah. So then we just get some. We get a wee bit of ki- kidnapping. This was a this was a bold move, and like they do play this really well. Like uh, Tim gets into the canoe or to the raft with uh, bacon bits and uh, John C. Riley, and he's like, "Ah, he's gonna ride with us." And I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no! Uh, he needs to ride with us. I, uh, you know, it's safer if he's with me." And he's like, "Well, you're a guide, so we'll be fine if something happens to us." And it's like, "Yeah, this is like we need to not give we not we can't let them know that we're terrified of them and don't want to be around them anymore." And now they have our fucking son. <laughs>
0: yeah this was a cool bit of tension because yeah. it all happens early in the morning and you can see that like everything's going according to plan. They're loading up the raft. they're planning on like pushing out just a little bit earlier than, than the other two guys. but then the kid casually walks over to their raft and and as Kyle said, they're like trying to remain calm and not signal their distress. and it's important to note that during the the birthday thing, uh, the money causes the kid to get pissed off at his yeah. parents, both of them, not just his dad. Um, so the the evening's proceedings led into this and it leads to a a short stretch of the film that has quite a lot of tension because they're like kind of drafting behind them and like he like David Strathairn keeps having to tell her like quit staring at the kid like like they're going to get wise to the fact that you're like laser focused on on them and and what's going on
1: yeah and then uh we're on this boat uh the kids on the boat and uh, I, there's a really funny, funny bit in Broad City where it, she's not trying to keep a, a, a dangerous secret with a child, but she's just like, we're going to go, we're going to do something fun today. you gotta, you got to keep it a secret. She's babysitting. She's like, adults and children aren't supposed to, I was told adults and children aren't supposed to have secrets. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at this part when Kevin Bacon's just like, hey, can you keep a secret? I'm like, Children and kids are supposed to be having secrets. And that's a good thats a good thing to tell your child. It's like, children and adults do not have secrets. It doesn't matter who it is, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so he's just like, I want to I'll show you something. That. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, I want to show you something. I'm like, is he going to show him his penis? Because that's... <laughs> 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 Can you Speaking keep a secret? Nobody's watching. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And even John C. Riley's like, oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> what? <laughs> this again? <laughs> he pulls out a fucking gun i'm like dude what is your end game here like what what could have been gained from showing this kid the gun
0: i i don't know like, like if there's some psychopathy going on or some shit because th- that's like it's one thing to like give the kid too much money because you could also read that as like maybe he was deprived as a child and he views it as like a a harmless thing that would have been amazing to him at that point in his life or something that's me digging pretty deep but pulling out a big fucking revolver to show a kid who didn't ask anything about who didn't know anything about just showing a kid a gun yeah it's like what the fuck man it's like if you want to impress him just start just light up a marlboro or something <laughs> i mean i mean
1: I think the, the giving the kid $200 was the uh, taxi driver equivalent of taking Sybil Shepard to a porno on the first date. It's just like, dude, this is not how you're supposed to be doing this. This, is, this was wrong. no
0: no and but you know it is the 90s like i don't think doom would come out for another year or so but you know 90s and guns and kids and stuff it was it was topical um and the kid is of course interested and wants to
1: hold it and points it at john c Riley, which is not good don't do that we learned it's a 357 magnum which is a powerful hand cannon um that can do some damage um yeah (laughs) i'll kill you yeah and then I think we do like, uh, we, we end up stopping, and now we're going to try to get Like, we're just going to try to leave. Like, we're going to, like, Tim's looks like, I'm going to go over here and fish. And John C. Riley's like, like, splashing water in his face. And we're like, we're trying to get out of there. But uh, we, dude, t- this scene, I was just thinking, like, you put my dad in that situation. We, we would do We would have been gone, dude. <laughs> so he goes, like, <laughs> So Meryl Streep and Javid straight there and get into the raft. Kevin Bacon and John C. Riley are off doing other shit. And then Tim's just like fishing by himself, like, come on, like the Gilbert's like, come on. He's like, No, I don't want to go. And he's like picking him up and he fidgets his way out of there and takes off running. I'm like, my dad would have had he would have snatched me one hand and threw me in the raft. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I could picture the exact same thing happen with with my pop. It's just like yeah, you were getting tossed, kid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's for your own good. Yeah. <laughs> It'll heal. Shut up. You'll be fine. I, I really like this scene though because they they really play up the tension and we show like husband and wife kind of trying to communicate with each other non-verbally to like mm-hmm. put together a plan where she's like untying the raft and he's like you know giving her yeah. the high sign like I'm gonna go. Make a big scene over by this this little waterfall and convince dumbass John C.
1: Riley to take a bath just out of nowhere. It works. <laughs> and John C. Riley's like a pretty decent dude. Like he's not a, he's not really a shitbag in this movie.
0: Yeah, he's he's a. Uh, this was also kind of a thing in the '90s. There was a lot of like secondary villain characters who develop a conscience partway through the movie or something or a reveal. Like I think Ransom had that very as well. much. Donnie Wahlberg, Ver- yeah, very much. Yeah, very much so. And th- th- this was kind of a thing as well. And yeah, he has a lot more humanity to him. You can tell he's just a follower mm-hmm. uh, with a boss with a gun uh, who is, who's not afraid to use it. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot of shirtless uh, fly fishing in this movie, by the way, uh, yeah. on the
1: part of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then we get into like, uh, hey, where are you guys going? He ends up stopping them. And then we get some, some slapping. We get some slapping. Good quality slapping. Uh, mm-hmm. Very high quality slap,
0: and I did like the bit where there's an ADR line from a uh, Meryl Streep yelling at, at her husband to grab the boy, and says just break it as in the fishing rod <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you can hear her very crystal clear So like, just break it, just break <laughs> it. Just Like don't like don't bother with the rod just get the kid and and no he breaks away and then kevin bacon emerges from the bushes he gets this like villain shot It's mm-hmm. like basically you know that shot from the trailer of avengers infinity war where thanos comes out of the yeah. portal <laughs> and saunters yeah. up to the screen cock first it's that but it's kevin bacon coming out of some bushes
1: <laughs> yeah kevin bacon and his giant purple dick come through the uh which the we portal. have seen <laughs> in a few <laughs> years executive
0: producer kevin bacon
1: in yeah. a few years show him show him the dick um yeah <laughs> they need to see they need to know <laughs> I, I do love that so maggie ends up getting away and i thought i'm like now that I realize, oh, there's a gun, and they've kept this dog around, I'm like, this dog is dead. I'm like, they're gonna kill my dog. I'm.
0: I I got worried for you, Kyle. I got worried because I had not seen this movie before, and I was like, it's the '90s. Like this was, you know, it, there there's certain kind of '90s movies that wouldn't dare, but there were also were some '90s movies that absolutely would.
1: I I was thinking about this. I I am not, I am not a parent. Uh, I'm not a father, and this situation now that they're in is, is terrifying, but I, I feel like it would be so just cathartic as a dad in this situation. When you finally get your hands on Kevin Bacon after he slapped your kid and has had a gun on your family, like killing him probably feels really great. (laughs) Like I was just thinking about that. I'm like, this is bad. Like, as a dad like this is you're just as a parent mom or dad like this has to be torture like one of the scariest things you could possibly imagine um but it's but they they do an interesting thing in this movie they make kevin bacon kind of playful like it's not as it's not as terrifying um if you know what i mean like any other situation like this would be very scary but like he even seems to kind of soften up occasionally it's like i need to get out of the out of the raft and he's like well you're just going to have to go to the bathroom in the raft and she's like what well, we can't do that and he's just like okay like i have to acquiesce
0: i th- i think it's meant to demonstrate that he's a well one uh, the tone of the movie is an adventure film. It's yeah. not to be an ov- overbearing like fucking Holocaust drama or something that just beats <laughs> the fuck out of you and makes you feel miserable. It's like yeah. no, it, it's meant to be a, a rousing adventure film on yeah. top of being a thriller. Um, so that was important. But I think on top of that, it's also meant to demonstrate that as as many bungles and botches as as he and John C. Riley have, there is some measure of like sociopathic intelligence. Like he knows how to manipulate people. Like John C. Riley, for instance, follows him to a T until the end of the movie, until he's out of the picture. Um, And he even tells uh, Tom, uh, the husband, the father, he even tells him to his face, like, you and the dog are expendable, but I need her because she has skills that you don't have. Exactly. And I need the kid to control her. And it's like, wow, as dumb as this guy can be, he's got a plan like he knows he knows how to get he knows how to get where he's going Um, and I really enjoyed those sequences where he he enforces his power but like as you said he does acquiesce he does give them enough rope to hang themselves with kind of where it's like oh well you know everybody's got a shit sometime me too um, but then every once in a while he has to put his foot down and like put them in their place, and it's it's very effective. I really really enjoyed his performance. He is a he is a good bad guy. <laughs> He's
1: a good bad. And then Benjamin Bratt just shows up.
0: I know. I was like, whoa, it's Benjamin Bratt.
1: <laughs> just this shipper, happy. Park Ranger, like just Hi guys, how's it going? I'm like his fucking jorts. (laughs) Yes. His
0: khaki shorts. (laughs) Uh
1: I guess he's like uh he's he's been tracking them for whatever reason. He was also in a little canoe. Like he's just in this tiny little this little canoe. Uh it's adorable. Um I guess he's been tracking them down and they tried to like I don't know if, like, one of them's, like, drawing in the sand to, like, like they're, like, trying to do help or something. like just The trying... architect. Yeah. The, the artist. Yeah. <laughs> the artist. Um, he, he does a lot of
0: drawing in this film. And, and it's actually all important to the plot. He, he didn't need to be an
1: architect. You <laughs> could just have him draw shit. Um, lawyers can draw, too. Doctors can draw. Uh, um, it Not also, as well. <laughs> it, a lawyer or a doctor would make more sense, because those tend to be fields where it's like you're on call as a as a doctor it's like yeah i've got stuck in surgery i had to go in for surgery i had to go in Same with lawyers it's like we have a a keeper, you know yeah we're on it a lawyer working on a big case big case is coming up i got a ton of work i'm like architect it's just like fix that window like how difficult (laughs) can it fucking be (laughs) erase that a little bit and then draw it better like oh no i'm gonna be stuck here all weekend working on this door i would have
0: liked a bit if he was a doctor and he tried to write a message in the in the dirt or something and meryl streep signs to him you can't read it (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck are you saying that's funny (laughs) shit
1: (laughs) i can't read your writing sir oh yeah no 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 he like he gets it on a piece of paper and it's just like uh, i have no idea what this is that's pretty funny the plan just falls apart. Shit. We should not have had it all writing on you writing something down on a piece of paper. <laughs> or maybe you've got like a, a, a doctor who's fallen on hard times so he has to go rob banks but he does the thing where he writes down on the notes. like, i like to make a deposit today and slips in the note and it's supposed to be like, give me all the money in the register, I'll blow this place up, but it, he's a doctor and you can't read it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, What? <laughs> <laughs> plan
0: B, plan, plan, plan. Um... anyway Benjamin Bratt shows up it would have been pretty great if Benjamin Bratt didn't have a canoe he just like jumps back into the river and and glides like Aquaman or something (laughs) because he has that kind of like chipper energy as Kyle said he's like a Ken doll
1: (laughs) what was this racist ass shit that Kevin Bacon says to Benjamin Bratt I I went into the other room and I heard it in the background I'm like what did he just say I didn't rewind it but did you catch it
0: I did rewind it because I was confused. I was like, hang hey, on, did I hear that right? And I did hear it right, but I didn't quite get it. Like, it's it's definitely meant to be a racist barb because, like, it cuts to Benjamin brats expression and he's does. not happy with it he just yeah
1: um his cartoon something about like his cartoon like changing of the face like it's, it's so good yeah just <laughs> oh,
0: yeah what what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what that was nothing but I was nothing but cool to you bro yeah <laughs> um he says something like like i forget exactly what it is but it's like like last i checked it's like it's even worse to be a native than it is to be black or mexican in this country And just like i don't know what that means but it's all bad
1: <laughs> i don't sir i don't think that you are i don't think you can take that stance as a white dude <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like now sir
0: i don't i don't know if you're entitled to make that statement <laughs>
1: yeah. um yeah it doesn't work um, i mean i would
0: have just asked meryl streep it's like you know this guy? Do you know this thing? <laughs> like, like, he's your friend. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, and apparently, like she was a guide when he was younger. Like she, he knew yeah. her when she was younger. Uh, what he, he starts it off, kind of funny though. He's just like, "Oh, you, uh, you tried to get me to get me into bed." early because i was a kid it like the way it cuts off it's pretty it's pretty funny
0: yeah the phrasing is important uh there there is a pause there that would have been i would have appreciated a look from david strather and just like like, what (laughs) what
1: i mean she could have just been like i mean look at her it's a 20 it's like a 24 year old benjamin bratt um yeah i mean just look him up down it's like yeah i'd do him (laughs) makes sense um yeah, so they they gets foiled basically. So now I think we're all in one raft. I think we end up just getting uh, rid of one, and I think we're we're going to be down to one raft uh, here. Shortly. Yeah,
0: but yeah, this this Benjamin Bratt scene was it's very common in these kinds of movies where it's like there's we become we the audience become aware that there's a there's a potential like for for them to be bailed out of the situation. Like they don't have the tools to signal him of the threat. But if he's competent and we do discover later on he is he'll stay on the case i i'm struggling to come up with like a concrete example of this but this flares up in a lot of a lot of these kinds of movies it was really cool especially the bit where he finds the camera where he says like hey did anybody lose a waterproof camera that i happened to find in the river which if i were to develop it i would see that there's some sketchy shit going on and of course, Kevin Bacon's like, yeah, it's the kids, and he tosses it back to him, and like two seconds later, smash. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I was like, yeah, it's pretty great. I'm like, okay, so obviously the camera's gonna come back uh, because he was taking pictures. I'm like, is he gonna find the camera and get it developed? But then he then he pulls it up. I'm like, oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. But then we're, we're in the boat. We're doing some sign language. I think they're trying to get uh, trying to get um, like something going again. But then all of a sudden there's a fiddler on the rock just out of nowhere yeah. there's a guy playing the fiddle yeah. up on the rock
0: maybe it's a nod to deliverance or something but yeah there's a fiddler on a big old rock and i really like i like the vibe of the scene it was really cool because uh we haven't been talking about but the movie certainly has um the gauntlet yeah is talked about relentlessly in this movie Um, And it does serve as, like, the last ten minutes, like, the, the action climax of the movie, is that the entire trip down the river, Meryl Streep has been petrified by the prospect of having to do the thing that Kevin Bacon is forcing her to do. And it's because she has a lack of confidence in herself, and this portion of the river, the gauntlet, is it's, Kyle described it accurately, it's a convergence of three different rivers. It's the perfect storm. Yeah. But rivers—it's the perfect rivers, the perfect rivers. <laughs> so, um, and apparently, it's it's harrowing. People have been killed by it. You're not even suppo- its like not even legal, really, to go down this route. <laughs> it's not even street legal, dude.
1: Um, <laughs> um,
0: but this is the the junction in the river. This is the last. This is the last stop. Um, and we get the uh, the title theme of the movie played on this fiddle uh, by the way score by jerry goldsmith and i really like this rendition of it it's very sweet and it has a haunting vibe to it that feels very appropriate because she's terrified she's been repeatedly telling him and this is the sequence i think where she gets up close to kevin bacon like speaks to him in his ear and says i can't do what you need me to do do and we're all going, not just me. We're all going to die if yeah, I fail.
1: Yes, but she like she starts off kind of whispering, but then she turns into fucking Dennis Hopper in Apocalypse Now. She's like, I can't do this, man. Man, this is not. Yeah. I can't. I can't get this all there, man. Like she I kinda, cannot do this big water, man. I cannot do it, man. Uh, it's kind of funny because it starts. It's like it was intimate. I'm like everybody can hear you now. Like the yeah. whole. Boat. <laughs> also, sound travels on water, so everybody can hear you uh yeah
0: vince vaughn if he was in the raft would be like earmuffs earmuffs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) that whore you dated
0: um yeah (laughs) so but i do i do love her phrasing though of like everything in this world that's important to me is in this boat and like they do a really good job of hyping up the stakes here and i love the music playing over this i like the dialogue exchanged and even the like sledge sledgehammer blunt uh imaging where they they cut to people at the riverbank like unloading their rafts and like getting out like they would be doing yeah with with her gram with her parents like to greet them and everything had things gone according to plan so it's like a last glimpse at what could have been as yeah. they venture into the dane like the super dangerous part of the river it's a, it's a really well staged sequence the zone of danger
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so they're they're hatching an escape plan i think david straight Theron is gonna basically try to break away since he's expendable and they need uh tim and meryl streep um so he's just like oh, I'm gonna... is this at night <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> this is the night um yeah so basically I, I guess the thing is just like i'm gonna go try to get help basically like i'm gonna get out of here and just try to
0: no oh, he's gonna get the gun Oh, he's gonna get the
1: gun. He's gonna get the gun. Uh, it is funny. That he's trying to get the gun from John C. Riley. John C. Riley's just sleeping, and he's kind of just like patting it. <laughs> Starts patting the gun a little bit, and then he steps on a stick. He shoots up like a <laughs> like a fucking jack in the box, and then just shoots the gun in the air.
0: <laughs> it it's very reminiscent of Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber. Yes, very uh, much holding that revolver sideways. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: one of my favorite
0: images. By the way, John C. Riley, very I believe very well known for his improv um that's probably why he and will ferrell are such a good team as they play off of each other they feed off of each other definitely evident in boogie nights as well I'm pretty sure he slipped a couple of lines in here that definitely made me chuckle like not like belly laugh like kind of chuckles but one of my favorites was um i noticed when uh when david Strathairn gives uh tim the boy uh his birthday gift from maggie by the way that's very cute Uh, stuff parents do for their kids um it's a swiss army knife and uh when the package it gets opened you can hear Meryl Streep say oh look at the price tag still on it and everything <laughs> and it's like yeah that seems like a dad move like yeah. a last minute gift from dad or something but then you hear off screen John C. Riley say like hey how much is it <laughs> and Tim's like seventy-nine ninety-five. it's like I'm pretty sure that was that was just him being like hey how much actually is it <laughs> Asking exactly the most inappropriate dude, question. I mean,
1: it is the most bells and whistles Swiss Army knife that you can get. It's got the magnifying glass. It's pretty pimpin'. Yeah. yeah. Um, it- <laughs> dude, so you said like, like, oh look, the tag's still on. Every single day in this country, Trevor, every single day, men are learning for the first time in their new relationship that you are not supposed to leave the price tag on when you give a gift. It happens every day in this country. There's a guy getting... Hey, you gotta take it off. Why? What does it matter? Like, I don't understand what the big deal is. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That. Wow. I, I can't put myself in that place, but I'm sure it happened at least once in my life. It's definitely happened for me, for sure. Like,
1: what, what does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: No, it's definitely happened to me. It's just like, wow, that's like a lifetime ago. Like, <laughs> lessons learned. Very important life lessons to learn. <laughs> Um, at least get a sharpie or something if, yeah. if, the, if, the, if the goo is too sticky and you can't peel it off at least put a sharpie
1: over it yeah. don't, don't give them the satisfaction of knowing how much you paid for the gift um, <laughs> it wasn't enough it wasn't enough <laughs> um, but yeah David straight there and ends up like get, breaking away but Kevin Bacon again Bacon Bits it, we've established that he cannot swim but he's just like, well, I'm gonna go over to the water. I'm just gonna dip in a little bit. By the way, you can see they can see their breath outside at night. So this water is really cold. He proceeds to get into chest deep, chest deep water. He cannot swim. This is a river. <laughs> this has a current. It's like, how many change of clothes you got, dude? Oh, Go it, it drives me nuts when I see that in movies, is when people are like out in the wilderness, and then they just get their feet wet. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Your day is ruined. Yeah. You're going to have... Yeah. Your feet are going to be Your weekend fucked. is ruined. <laughs> that will ruin your weekend. Um, yeah, enjoy your swamp ass. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've nearly given up snowboarding for the day because on the first run, it was super powdery. I ended up getting uh, uh, s- uh, snow down my underwear, and I'm just like, I I'm, I'm, I think I'm done. Like, I don't even want to finish today. Like, yeah. this is stupid.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm miserable. I don't even want to be around him <laughs> can, can we go?
1: I want to go. Uh, yeah, but he ends up just, like... Just tuck
0: and roll down the hill. Yeah. I'm going home. I'm Fuck going this. i to go back.
1: Um, <laughs> But yeah, he just starts shooting at David straight there on the uh, on the rocks, and uh, he thinks he gets him, and we think he might have gotten him too. I don't know. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
0: But yeah, he comes back to camp, and uh, he he doesn't make any bones about it. He he tells everybody. He tells the kid. He tells Meryl Streep. Hey, yo, your dad's dead. Sorry, had to be done. Yeah. Um and. They this, ha- he and Meryl Streep have a confrontation. Yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah, this it's is juicy.
1: This is where she whispers, "I'm going to kill you, Wade. I'm going to kill you." Like that's pretty fucking dark. It, it was good. It's yeah. good delivery. Yeah, it, it's great.
0: She savors that second one where she says, "I'm gonna kill you, Wade." <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, like as a, I think she means it.
1: <laughs> as a parent, like was like as a parent in this situation, it's like, oh, I'm gonna kill this person. <laughs> this person is going to die um
0: yeah i i really love the it's it's creepy but it's not like cape fear creepy i like the power move of him standing <laughs> a few too things closer. are
1: a few things are cape
0: fear creepy go ahead, yeah gave, that was a really good episode by the way it's a good movie. we talked a lot about we talked about both cape fears at, at the same time and it was a great conversation i actually want to re-watch that movie now after having talked to you about this one
1: yeah there's definitely some ugh yeah it's it's a, it's a doozy but yeah it, yeah, chicks getting their cheeks bit off was that <laughs> a great movie Sc- Scorsese that was Scorsese right I believe so yeah yeah god damn it can he not make the most rewatchable movies you could rewatch his movies a, a, a number of times it doesn't matter as an adult that's yeah, hard to do it can be
0: about the most fucked up shit and yet you keep wanting to watch it
1: Ooh, <laughs> Casino I've seen it like five times I might watch it tonight I don't know I haven't seen it in a while it sounds great Uh, but uh yes uh but they're gonna have to get back on the on the wire he's he takes he internalizes this threat like he knows that this person means business although he is in a he is in a position of power right now if that power were to be taken away from him he is going to die she is going to kill him
0: yeah and she actually makes an attempt to rebel um in the form of like unlashing one of the oars and lapping him with it mm-hmm. uh, knocking him off the raft. And, uh, it, it, everybody gets back on the raft, but it's like signaling that it's like, she's looking for every excuse, uh, to, to off him and get out of the situation. And she continually does that throughout the remainder of the film. But, um, this is where the movie, the rhythm of it starts to get a little bit, wonky to me because now we have two we have two narratives running parallel to each other and it's not as focused and as a result less less satisfying Mm -hmm. basically david strathairn is running parallel to them like lazily drifting down the river um and continually trying to communicate with them uh, using first a signal fire to Mm -hmm. indicate that he is indeed still alive um, which, by the way, calls back to another '90sism, uh, Native American culture and just Native Americanisms. Uh, they were very much a common thing in a lot of America like mainstream American cinema. Mm-hmm. Probably spurred by the amazing success of Dances with Wolves the decade earlier. Uh, definitely carried on through the '90s, especially in my in my region, growing up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but yeah, there's a whole story about vision quests and smoke signals that is meant to be a planting and a payoff. Not sure how I feel about the 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 soundtrack shifting to, quote, like, na- Native American-flavored instrumentation during yeah. those story time sequences. Yeah. feels a little hokey and of its time, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, he uses a signal, fire a smoke signal, literally, uh, to let them know that he's still alive. Um, and yeah, that's the rhythm for the rest of the movie. Yeah. We keep cutting back and forth between river action and David Strathairn um, doing Rambo shit, Yeah. Uh, playing like hanging out in the woods. And by the way, Maggie reunites yes. with him which is great. The dog, I love that. it's a dog jump scare. It's
1: a do- jump scare, but it's, yeah. it's Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> and Maggie's alive. They gotta jump. In the water. was like jump Maggie. You gotta jump in the water, and she she gets into the uh-huh. water. Yeah, I know uh, it's so sweet. It's very sweet. <laughs> yeah, because we can kind of step on the gas here because it's really we're just like yeah, David Strathairn's just trying to get to them and doing all this MacGyver stuff. Um, and Benjamin Bratt shows back up, but he gets shot um, pretty quickly after that. Like he ends up
0: yeah yeah he uh, basically Kevin Bacon gets wise to the fact that there's there's no more talking our way out of this. He's he is going to figure this out and so I need to be one step ahead of him and he executes him yeah. uh, he shoots him like straight at the top of the sternum yeah. and
1: uh, he, he falls into the river and he's dead Yes, yeah. um, but yes we get to the gauntlet there's like we have to do the gauntlet there's no it has to happen and this is where she swings some dick uh, this is where she's like okay here's what's gonna happen you guys are gonna be sitting in the front and you're gonna be guiding me it's like this is not we're not fucking around it's like I don't want to die so we, you have to do what I say, basically, um, and yeah. they do, yeah. And I'm like, she's a boss uh, in this scene, like, yeah, she's she's wielding it. Um, but I have, she's a boss, but then I have a ruse, you big dumb idiot. Uh, I don't know what the ruse was. <laughs> a ruse. <laughs> a Ruse, yeah. God. They. they tr- I don't
0: remember a ruse.
1: Uh, well, it's when we get when we get everybody all together. Um, the so the equipment that David Strait there and gets a hold of with the, the line, the power line, this was a pretty incredible, like, on his part to put this all together. I mean, he is an architect, not an engineer. Uh, that yeah. kind of, that would have made yeah. a little bit more sense if he were an engineer pulling this off.
0: Yeah, you know the the Rube Goldberg machine in Pee-Wee's Playhouse and uh, and Ernest movies and stuff? It's basically that, but on a, a massive scale and he she just comes up with some home alone macgyver bullshit (laughs) that that comes in handy for the finale of the movie so long story short they do get through the gauntlet it's a harrowing several minute long sequence of them like in white water uh it's very well photographed uh there's probably a combination of soundstage footage and uh, lots and lots of stunt doubles for this portion because it is too dangerous for actors to do without proper training. But of course, there's also a lot of spliced-in close-ups of all the actors. It, it's really well edited and shot. It, it is. There's a certain there's a certain like tension that finds its way into your chest when you're watching real water collide with real people uh, in these kinds of circumstances because you feel the physics of the raft going down these rapids and, and these these falls like it it has a weight and a danger to it that feels legitimate um so it's surprisingly engaging despite really all you're watching just being people go down a river <laughs> it's yeah. like i have played oregon trail
1: <laughs> it, it really sucks because i can't watch the abyss that's not streaming anywhere and i'm like yeah i'm like come on dude like this 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 should be a double header you should go yeah uh this movie, they just go straight into the abyss, because that's also a, a production where people nearly died. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I told him this, Meryl Streep apparently almost died, died doing one of these scenes.
0: Yeah, Kyle had pointed that out to me, that there was a bit where she was asked to do one more take than she was comfortable with, and she was thrown from the raft and very nearly drowned, uh, and kind of changed the relationship, the tenor of the relationship between her and the director thereafter. Yeah. But. The results speak for themselves. She didn't die and mm-hmm. the film is pretty good and it looks great. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that was worth it. Probably wasn't. <laughs> that's James', <laughs> that's that's
1: James. probably one take too many. <laughs> that's also James Cameron's model is like, Hey, you didn't die and it looks great. on my face. <laughs> I mean that's the tone too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: guy that guy is he's intense. He's scary. Uh, um, but the results, man, the results. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah, they primo money. <laughs> um, they, they do get through the gauntlet, and it's there's this strange energy where it's like everybody's ecstatic, like even her, because they just did an incredible thing, even yeah. though she hates the two people and she wants to t- kill the other two people in the boat. Her son is alive, she's everybody's alive, and they did something they shouldn't have been able to, so it's a, it's miraculous. Um, but then, uh, sh- the drawings uh, come into play where David Strathairn had written. Uh, like he actually drew hands yeah. using ash i think uh doing uh, asl uh, on a log that she sees and I, the subtitles don't tell us what it says but the point is she knows what it means and he springs this trap which causes it has like a, a counterbalance pulley system that triggers a steel cable to rise up from the water and flip the raft um, which she and the boy, I think, are still lashed to. By the way, they can't they can't get out of the raft at this moment. But the other two dudes, the bad guys, they're thrown from it. David Strathairn jumps into action, and like I said, he got he got that whopper right hand. Like mm. he's got a he's got a hammer. <laughs> so he, he lays into Kevin Bacon. They they throw down in the water. Um, she breaks uh, John C. Riley's forearm, which is pretty fucking savage she whacks him with an oar and it it is a compound fracture we don't see the groom details of it but his acting and the impact of it you feel it
1: (laughs) oh i mean if she if they weren't in the water like if she didn't have other things she had to do at this immediate moment she's going mel gibson in the patriot on his ass like she is turning him into hamburger
0: oh yeah no his his face would be unrecognizable he he would be subhuman by the end of that it's really yeah she
1: can't it's really shitty that we didn't get to see the aftermath of what happened to that dude i would have liked to have seen that <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i mean if you've ever seen uh, ninja scroll uh, and the repeated headbutts that's probably something what it looked like cool. i just rewatched that by the way and just just ninja scrolls awesome just that's all you need to know it's, very, it's a little pervy like when it's not being pervy it's awesome <laughs> That's all you need to know. It, it,
1: it's anime, dude. Anyway. I mean, as far as far as anime is concerned, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's par for the course for for nineties anime. But when it's not being pervy, it's it, yeah. I swear it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, they need to make a family cut of Ninja Scroll or something <laughs> uh, with, with without all the below-the-waist business. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, John C. Riley is incapacitated. There's a melee in the water. Dad's fighting. Um, But uh, eventually uh, Meryl Streep, she manages... She leans into the water to grab hold of the revolver which had fallen to the bottom of the river. And she does manage to get it. And some weird ADR between her and the, the, the boy. Like, push with all your might, my darling. It's like... I, you know, my mom's never called me that. <laughs> no. In, in a situation uh, like this, they were just like, "Push!
1: Keep pushing!" Yeah. Yeah. Push, motherfucker. Push. Little shit. Do it better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she uh, she ends up getting the drop on uh, bacon bits, and they've just got knives at this point. So uh, John C. rowley has yeah. got like a knife on uh, David Straight Theron or Kevin Bacon or whatever. Uh, i feel like this this last scene here could have been a little bit better but bacon has uh uh i think they throw the money uh at some point i'm not sure when if it's before or after. she
0: i think throws it at him at kevin bacon and she's holding them at gunpoint and i want to say the reason that this this plays out the way that it does the way it, the, like the sequencing of events i think the reason they do it is to preserve her uh I don't know sanctity and her her integrity. It's because she's holding them at gunpoint. She has told him she's going to kill him, and she meant it. But instead, he talks her down. He tells her like like you're going to keep asking yourself like Did I really have to kill him? Could could this have played out in like in a different fashion? And they walked away. They both went their separate ways, and everybody, everybody, nobody harmed each other after that fact. <laughs> Um, so she like holds the revolver aloft and pulls the trigger skyward, mm-hmm. and there's no there's no report like it doesn't fire, and he's like oh well no bullets bitch uh, yeah no it's it's just it's not in that chamber so she has to like like recycle the cylinder and stuff but I think the reason they had her do that is to like demonstrate that she did she really 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 didn't want to do it without having a good reason but then. Mm. As soon as he thinks that there's no bullets in the gun, he tells John C. Riley to kill her husband, at which point she becomes justified to, you know, more justified. I mean, she has every right to off this guy like 20 minutes ago, easily. Uh, but yeah, she shoots him square in the chest, and uh, I did. I really liked his death. Uh, it was very pathetic and drawn out, kind of, uh, in a neat fashion, because he, he just, like, he's got a life vest on, so he's floating, but he's Completely incapacitated, probably hitting the lung or something. Mm-hmm. He's just like lazily drifting down the river with his bag of money with him. And then he like kind of lazily tries to grab hold of a rock and then just gets swept out of frame. And that that's kind of the end of him. It's just he dies very pathetically.
1: I would have liked it better if, like, while he's making his speech, he's like, you you know, you just, I never know, should I have killed him or not? And then just bam. I feel like it would have been better if she just would have just. Just blown him away. No one-liner. She does
0: have a one-liner. Ugh. She does have a one-liner, but it, yeah, I, having it be more sudden and just like, it's, it's like, just give me a second. I need, I've never fired a gun before. I just need to figure this out.
2: I'll be killing <laughs> you like, in a moment.
0: Just give me a
1: second. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll be murdering you momentarily.
1: It helps if you take just the... Just
0: need s- a cool glass of
1: ice water. <laughs> it, it, it helps if you take the safety off. <laughs>
0: uh, die hard with a vengeance? Ah, love yeah. you. Yeah. Jeremy Irons eating an apple or whatever.
1: Oh, no, 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 It is a hard-boiled egg.
0: Oh, disgusting. Yeah, because it's... <laughs> Bad breath, Jeremy Irons. It,
1: you, you remember it because you, you see that scene and you're like, he's eating a hard-boiled egg. It's the weirdest thing to be snacking. An apple is what he needs to be eating, exactly. It's just like, yeah.
0: Well, he's, run, he's running a pretty complicated operation. He needs his protein, you know? <laughs>
1: Ugh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh but yeah, he is dead and as soon as he's gone, John C. Riley just drops the knife and is just like, Well, money's gone. The guy that was leading the whole thing is gone. What's the point? So he just gives
1: up. Yeah, and now he's gonna go to prison. Uh for forever. For a long time. For <laughs> nothing. For nothing. Yeah. Was it worth for nothing.
0: It? <laughs> no. Yeah. And he gets to arrive at prison with a broken fucking arm. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah
0: the movie yeah. ends like like every every thriller of this era ends it's like crisis averted everybody in space blankets the end <laughs> yeah uh, although we don't get a helicopter shot like pulling back uh, from the carnage while while joel silver's uh producer credit flashes on the screen <laughs> like a lethal weapon movie or something um uh, but yeah uh a guy who plays military guys in every movie ever. I think he's like a military advisor or something on a lot of sets. He, he like interviews the boy and he's like asking like, so what happened? Like, were you scared? And the kid's like, yeah, I was scared of the dudes, not the river because of my mom and my dad's pretty cool too. So it's like the the nuclear family is, is back. They're good.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they weren't separated. It would have been weirder if it's like, we were separated for a little bit, but now we're back together. But really they hadn't even had the conversation yet she was just at her breaking point so it's not we're not quite there it's not that unrealistic like he definitely made the effort to get there you know and then he also you know kind of helped save the day a little bit so i think this this marriage is salvageable and i think he understands what's most important in life is the is the family but yeah
0: yeah this one doesn't have the uh the stink of fatal attraction where it's like i don't i don't think this story is I don't think the ending that we're signaling is actually the way this story is supposed to end. <laughs> that relationship is not salvageable. At the no, end. absolutely not. <laughs> so, but no, this one we didn't we didn't draw attention to it. But during the night, uh, before Kevin Bacon uh, snoops on her bathing in the river, uh, they basically reconcile. Like they basically express to each other like their grievances and what they've done wrong, and I guess he. I guess he admitted that he was putting too much time into his work, not not for like money or anything, but just like to measure up to her because he felt inadequate or something. And then and then he makes a pass on her, and they're like, "Oh, we we would like to fuck." In order to seal the deal, hasn't happened yet, but presumably it happens like five seconds after the end of this movie. So yeah, we're we're meant to believe that this family's, they're back, baby. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, that was the River Wild. Yeah, uh, directed by Curtis Hanson.
2: Yeah,
1: it's a good time. I uh, recommend it. Um, it's uh, it's fun. Got a fun energy. Kevin Bacon is an asshole, um, and usually that's a pretty good time.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, just to point out real quick, I'm, I feel bad for not having mentioned it earlier, especially since Kyle had asked me about the score of the movie. Uh, the score was originally supposed to be done by uh, Maurice uh, Jarre. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Very accomplished composer. Um, but apparently it was rejected, and instead it was scored by Jerry Goldsmith, which perhaps is the reason why the score feels somewhat limited. Yeah, I, I have to assume, based on the way he was brought into the gig, maybe he didn't have as much time as he would have liked. Because uh, it is a little stilted at times. Like I said, the the main theme of the movie is excellent, but like the action cues have these intrusive, just electronic (laughs) noises, which are very common in his scores, but it just feels limited. Like it feels like there's not enough material or variation in the material. Um, But most important, uh, it's worth pointing out, Jerry Goldsmith is well known for his uh, adventure scores. Uh, In fact, I think of the word adventure when I think of his sound. and he is of course the composer of the rambo films also wilderness adventure films but perhaps more importantly for the person i'm talking with right now the edge he also did the score for the edge um so this this is well trodden territory for him so like as a last minute replacement he made all the sense in the world uh, although I, I will admit not my favorite of his of his adventure wilderness scores <laughs> yeah not the best but not a bad film. I, I quite enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this was our discussion of The River Wild, directed by Curtis Hansen from the year 1994. Uh, tune in next week for more um, extreme action August uh, adventures, where we'll hopefully be tackling another uh, f- presumably 90s film uh, that involves some sort of environmental hazard uh, as, as like a chief gimmick in the construction of the action and adventure thrills in the movie. Um, but in the meantime, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other catching up on cinema content, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, you can also find us on the social medias in the form of the Twitter slash X or what whatever the fuck Elon Musk is calling it now, uh, at Catching Cinema, as well as the Instagram at Catching Up On Cinema. Uh, so feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, And the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including BitCade. So fucking Google it. Google it. And uh, that being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.
2: I don't think we survived that crash.